Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. We care for the lost because he cares for the lost. We have hope because he is our hope. We live in a fallen world and there's brokenness all around us. We want to be led by the Lord to minister where he calls us to minister. And if he places certain places or certain people on your heart, then by all means, you pray, you pray, and you pray, and you pray. We are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our broken world. We should have hope because he is our hope. If you're feeling a call to minister to somebody, then do it. You could be that person's only chance to know and experience Jesus. As Pastor James brings today's message to a close, take a moment and pray. Ask God to help you to become a true beacon of light in this world. Pray for a heart of obedience, and blessings will flow from that. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Mark, chapter 2, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. You want to enjoy this life, you want to make it through this life, embrace eternal security. It's so much better when you know the destination. Because if you're walking through this life and you don't know the destination or that's a question, that is so stressful. I know what that's like because as a 19-year-old kid, I was wrestling with that. I knew if I had died, heaven probably wasn't the reality for me. And hell was. And that's no way to live your life. Jesus walks by, follow me. Commit to me. Come with me. Come with me. And be my disciple. Be my student. Sit at my feet. Learn from me, Levi, is what he's inviting him to. What I love about this is that invitation is still out there today. Jesus gave multiple invitations. Are you burdensome? Are you weary? Are you tired? You do know that on the table is, it still stands the invitation to come to Jesus and to find rest in him. We still know that that promise stands true. That's still an open invitation for anybody and everybody. Just like salvation is still available, it's still on the table for anybody and everybody. The invitation to follow Jesus and be his disciple is still on the table, free for the taking. You can give your life to the Lord, enter into this thing we call it's a battle, it really is a war. And you could sit on the sidelines if you want. I really think that Christians who give their lives to the Lord should be like all in and like go to that like, no, I'm a disciple. I'm sitting at his feet. I want to learn from him. I want to go on these journeys. I want to go on these adventures. I think all Christians should be like that, but not all Christians are like that. Because some are just fine with like, just punch my ticket to heaven and I'm just going to kind of hide out until we get there. No, no, no. Let that not be your mindset. In this game, 
the Lord's not looking for people to occupy the bench. He wants players on the field. So be a player on the field. Be eager to go out, just go all out for Jesus. Be one of his followers, accept this invitation and just go for it. This is what Levi did. It says, so Levi got up and followed him. There you go. But here's what's amazing about Levi. He didn't just stop there. Something radically, something radical happened within his heart. Because Jesus walks by, that's the Messiah. This is the guy everybody keeps on talking about. And he just personally invited me to come and to follow him. I'm all in. Let's go. But he went one step further. And this is the one step. So if you haven't accepted this invitation to follow Jesus and be his disciple, that's challenge number one. The second challenge is the latter part of this text here. If you have accepted that challenge or that invitation, then I hope and I pray that the next part is how we're living our lives. Look what happens next. Verse 15, later, Levi, it also, and we know that, you know, Matthew was the other name given to him. Matthew means gift of God. And so the gospel of Matthew is written by Levi, which is incredible and amazing. This guy, tax collector, just outcast. Nobody wants anything to do with this guy. Man, you're a traitor. You're a sellout. He writes probably the first gospel written. And he goes into great detail on Jesus as the king. It's a beautiful gospel. And now when you understand who it came from, you're like, that's pretty sweet. That should make you want to read the gospel of Matthew. Because now you know like, oh, so this is the dude who wrote it. Yeah, inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is the tax collector who got saved radically by Jesus, went from an outcast to a disciple and wrote probably one of the first gospels written. And it's amazing. Verse 15, later Levi, he invites Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guest, along with many tax collectors. Remember, he's got a family. He's got a community. They're just not what they used to be, right? These are the other, the sellouts, the rejects, the, all that good stuff. And other disreputable sinners. And that means, disreputable sinners means basically this. You had a large part of the population that were devoted to trying to keep the law. You also have another part of the population who are like, we don't care about the law. <laughs> They're like, I don't, why? Why? Like they had no regard for the law. They had no regard for anything religious. They didn't want anything. They were just going to live their lives. These tax collectors and these disreputable sinners. The parentheses in my Bible says that there were many people of this kind among Jesus's followers. So Jesus shows up and he's building a crowd, but the crowd that he's building, now there will always be religious people that are following after Jesus, some for the right reasons, some for the wrong reasons. But what's so amazing about the Lord is that the ones who are drawn to him were the ones who were like, nobody else wanted these guys. The religious leaders certainly didn't want anything to do with these guys. Unless they could do something for them. Unless you got, you know, you're a tax collector, so you got, probably got deep pockets. So yeah, we want you to be a part of our thing so you can contribute financially and all this good stuff. There was some motivation from religious people in the sense of they would want these people around maybe for their money, but that would be it. They want no association with them at all. 
they found a safe place with Jesus. And even though they may have been ostracized by the rest of the world and the rest of the community, they found a safe place with Jesus. But look what Levi did. He threw a party for Jesus. He opened up his home and threw a party for Jesus. Now, this is probably his going away party, his farewell party from the tax collecting business, right? He's kind of like, hey, adios, guys. I'm, I just got, you know, I'm transitioning from this career to I'm following this guy now. But he opened up his house and he threw a party, a dinner party for Jesus. He's celebrating Jesus. And I look, I know the times in which we live. I know it's crazy. I know it's chaotic. I know there's stuff. When's the last time we've thrown a dinner party for Jesus? When's the last time you opened up your house and you brought in some disreputable sinners? When's the last time you opened up your house and you you brought in some of those old friends? For what reason? To meet Jesus. To meet Jesus. This was not a party for the sake of a party. This was a party that was centered around Jesus. And the sole intent, I believe, from Levi is so his old friends can meet this one guy who changed his life forever. That should be our motivation. That should be your motivation. And there's a weird thing happens within the church world of like associating with sinners and all this good stuff. And well, Jesus would have gone to these people and all this stuff. Look, Christians should be opening up our houses, inviting people in, And, you know, that could be, you know, whether it's your house or or going out and having lunch with people who are lost. My goodness, don't abandon the lost. Hang out with them. I get not being unequally yoked and all that stuff, but you still have ministry to do here on this earth. And that ministry involves people who don't know Jesus. So invite them to the table. For what reason? To show how nice I am. No, no. No, to show them how much I care. Nobody cares. Show them Jesus. Then you show them how much you truly care about them. Well, let me just snap a little Instagram, you know, picture. No, 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 no. You give them Jesus and take the pictures. But man, take them afterwards with these people who have given their lives to the Lord because you pursued them or you opened up your house or you showed up with the intent of, I want you to meet somebody. I want you to meet somebody. Christians should overlap with sinners. I'm going to say it. It's weird that I even have to say this. Like, now, does this mean we should venture into these areas? I'm not getting into any of that stuff. Here's what I'm going to say. You go where the Holy Spirit leads you to go. And you minister and you talk to who the Holy Spirit tells you to talk to. I don't care where that is or whom they may be. You submit to the Holy Spirit. And you don't have to answer to anybody else. Now, there is some foolishness that happens, I think, sometimes. Like, so if dudes are thinking like, well, if I can go into these clubs and I'll minister to these girls, you're a moron, okay? Like... What are you doing? You can't do that. There are godly women who can go into these places and minister to some of these people. Don't be a fool. And I use that, I use that with my whole heart. Don't be a fool. 
to think I can go into this place and I can go into this place and I can minister to them. You may not be able to because that place may bring you down. But there may be others who can go in and minister. That can apply to anything and everything. Maybe you got an addiction to Hobby Lobby. Um, that's my place of ministry. No, it may not be. It may be a place of bondage for you. So stay away. Let other people go in who don't like glitter, right? Like, I just, I hate this stuff. I think you get what I'm saying. We, you just have to be smart. You can still care and you can, here's the most effective tool I believe that we have. And it's that of prayer. So if, let's say, a certain place, or maybe it's like a bar type thing, and maybe you used to run in the bars, and like, I can't go back into it. You can still pray. You can still pray. And there are others who can go into those places who may not have the history. So let the Lord lead them in there. Let the, pray for the Lord to raise up labors, because the harvest is plentiful even in the bars, the nightclubs, the strip joints, and all that stuff. Listen, the Lord can still save people, and I don't care where they're at. And we have friends, and they're ladies, they will, in Las Vegas, they will go into some of these strip clubs, and they will minister to these ladies, and they share the gospel. And guess what's happening? They're getting saved. And they're leaving those booths to follow Jesus. We care for the lost, because he cares for the lost. We have hope, because he is our hope. We live in a fallen world, and there's brokenness all around us. We want to be led by the Lord to minister where he calls us to minister. And if he places certain places or certain people on your heart, then by all means, you pray. You pray, and you pray, and you pray. And if you can't go into those places because you're like, I, I just don't want to fall back into that, then don't step through those doors. But you pray for them, and you don't stop praying for them until the Lord does something. I, when I lived in Amarillo as a youth pastor, I don't know why they did this. They may, must not have had zoning and stuff, but they had a uh, gentleman's club, like right off of I-40, like right where all this stuff is at. And I, for years, I passed by this place, and my prayer was like, all right, Lord, I don't know what you want to do, but I either pray salvation happens in this place, or you shut it down. And years praying, Years praying. One day I drove past there, closed for business. I was like, yes, Lord. Praise God. But I would never step through those doors. Never. Never. But man, I had a heart for what was happening in there and for the people. And we know now, I mean, you know, I mean, there's just so much within the sex trade industry and all that stuff, man. There are just abuse upon abuse that is happening. And it breaks my heart. But I don't have to walk through those doors because I got a God who's not bound by any doors. And he can get in there. And I don't know what happened, but they shut down. They shut down. I want to have a heart for people like Jesus has a heart for people. And I look at this example from Levi and it's like, man, I want to do that. You meet Jesus and it's like, I want to invite people to the table so that they can meet him. And if that's not what we're about, then we're missing out on what life is all about in walking with Jesus. It's about introducing people. You're not going to save anybody, but you can introduce them to him. You can plant those seeds and let the Holy Spirit take it from there. 
But it wouldn't be like Levi, who was like, all right, I've been forsaken by my other family and friends and all that good stuff, but I have this community and they need Jesus. So I'm going to open up my house, throw a huge party for Jesus, and I'm going to invite all my friends to meet Jesus. That's it. That's it. And they show up, the sinners and the tax collectors, they show up because why? Because they want hope. Because they want hope. They want love. They want forgiveness. And I think the church should be more like Levi in this story. Christians should be the most partying people on this planet. We have every reason to celebrate. Christians should be partiers, but for the right reasons. We know what it's like to be partiers for the wrong reasons, but we have every reason to celebrate. We have every reason to throw a feast. Don't be like too many who just want to hide out. We just want to hide out and we don't want to open our homes and we don't, look, I'm just going to do my church thing in this building. That's not it. Matthew, Levi, he displayed what it is. And it's taking them to your house, inviting Jesus back to your home and throwing a party for him there. Open up your home. We've seen this practically lived out in a really weird way that we didn't think was going to be happening. But when we signed up for fostering, we opened up our home. We opened up our home to not just babies, We've had those. We've opened up our home to CPS workers, state workers, Arrow. Arrow's the agency that we're licensed through fostering. People are in our house every single week. Why? Because we want to throw a party for Jesus and we want these people to know that we follow Jesus and we love Jesus. And we love those babies. We love their parents. We love the workers. Why? Because we love Jesus. Because we love Jesus. We didn't think that opening our home was going to be like that. We always think like, well, you just have people over for lunch and all that good stuff. We could do that. But this is the way that the Lord has chosen to do it in and through us. It may look different for you. Opening up your home may look totally different for you. I don't know what it is for you, but I would encourage you to seek the Lord on that. For us, it's through foster care. And we love it. For you, it may be something else. Maybe it's a small or like a home fellowship. Then knock yourself out. Start a home fellowship. Do it. Like, go for it. You open your house. And it could be this and it could be that. But here's the point. Make Jesus the center of it all. And then just watch who shows up. And whoever walks through those doors, just point them to him. Point them to Jesus. There's a problem. Verse 16. The teachers of the religious law, the scribes who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners. And they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? And that's really what they felt of these guys. The New Living Translation is not taking too much liberty there. It's actually saying this is how they felt about sinners. They're filthy. They're dirty. Jesus said to them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come to call those, not those who think, that's the key, who think they're righteous or who think they're okay with God. 
I came for those who know they're sinners. They know they're separated from God. They know there's a problem. I came for those guys. I came for the self-aware ones, the ones who really know, man, they're like that dude, you know, you got the two guys praying, you got the Pharisee who's like, man, God, look how awesome I am and all this good stuff. And then the guy standing next to him won't even look up. And he's just like, man, I'm just, he's like repenting. Jesus came for that guy because the Pharisee doesn't need him as far as he thinks because they're good, right? These Pharisees, when you would eat with others, it's a very intimate thing because you're breaking off pieces of bread with each other. So I, I don't know if I could have survived in these times. I've been like Purelling after each, like, all right, take a piece of bread. And because, uh, you know, I just don't like germs and I don't like dip, tearing off a piece of bread from a communal loaf of bread and then dipping it into the communal cup of soup. I'm like, ah, but that's what was happening. And it's like, they saw it as almost like becoming one with somebody else. And how dare you become one with sinners? And Jesus is like, oh, just wait. Just wait. Because God made him who knew no sin to become sin so that we, we might become righteous. Amazing. Jesus is like, no, I'm here. Yeah, I'll break bread with you. I'll sit at a table with you. I'll identify with you because that's why I'm here. I'm here to save you. I'm here to show you that you need a savior. And what that means is you need a perfect sacrifice. So the one who knew no sin would take on all of our sins upon himself. In essence, Jesus is like, oh, you haven't seen anything yet. You just wait. Oh, this offends you? Just hold on for the ride. Hold on for the ride. But he wasn't going to have it, and he called them out on their hypocrisy. He's like, look, you don't need me, so why are you even here? They need me. They want me. I'm here for them. Jesus will show up where he's invited. He's not going to play games with religious people. And anybody who truly does not want Jesus, then guess what? He won't be there. But you want him, you need him, you call on him, and he's there. It's amazing. Little dinner party at Levi's. It's beautiful. You got the worst of the worst and all the outcasts and all this stuff. But man, Jesus is at the, he's at the center of that table and all focuses on him. And as he, I, I can't even imagine what the response was from all the sinners. We, we're not privy to it as far as, you know, Jesus just like, he kind of just stood up for us against these religious leaders who want nothing to do with us. We don't know how many, who was even part of this group or how many followed him after this or anything like that. But we do know this. Levi was changed forever by Jesus. He opened up his home. He invited all of his friends who didn't know Jesus to this dinner party. And man, Jesus showed up. And I promise you, he made an impact on all those rejects that nobody else wanted.
Thanks for joining us today here on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're walking through the Gospel of Mark, one of the accounts of Jesus' life while he was here on the earth. Mark offers unique perspectives on this time, emphasizing Jesus' servanthood to the people that he met. Jesus loved practically, often, and with everyone. What a kind and humble servant we get to serve. If you need to hear this message again or you'd like to catch up on previous teachings, visit our website at breadforthebroken.com. Once you're there, simply click on the Listen tab and feel free to explore the variety of verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter Bible teachings. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston. And if you're ever in the Galveston area, we would love to have you come visit us. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Our Thursday night Bible study starts at 7 p.m., and you're welcome to come join us for both. Our atmosphere at Calvary Galveston is relaxed, so feel free to come just as you are. For more information, visit our website. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. You can get directions there as well. We're excited to meet you and spend some time worshiping with you. That's all the time that we have for today, but we're so glad that you listened in to hear from God's Word. We encourage you to read ahead in the book of Mark and to gear up for what's ahead in this New Testament book. There's so much to learn, so much to know about Jesus. So make plans to join us again, right here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.